Welcome back to the Go Chode, everybody, for the second time this week. Um, I know it seems crazy, but that's where we're at. We are back and going at it hard. So, yeah, you got Goat and Ryan back here today. Um, excited to talk to you guys about the AFC South. Uh, Ryan, what's going on? Nothing much. How about you, Goat? <laughs> Not too much. Uh, my, my back's feeling better from the other day little personal note so that's yeah, great must be tough uh carrying the podcast and you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh well <laughs> i wouldn't say that um <laughs> that's a good one all right yeah so a lot of exciting stuff happening in the AFC south right now uh obviously they just landed uh, sorry the titans just landed julio jones in the division Obviously, Carson Wentz is a big move. Uh, Tim Tebow coming out of retirement. We haven't talked about that yet. That's pretty insane. So we'll get to that later. Um, but if you're ready, I thought we'd kick things off with the 2020 division champions, the Tennessee Titans. Does that sound fair? That sounds very fair. Awesome. Uh, so if you missed last episode which shame on you for that um basically how we how we're doing this is we're just going to go through some of their bigger offseason moves who they lost who they gained talk about that a little bit and then we're going to get into our record predictions which i'll explain more when we get there uh but to kick things off the titans lost Jadavion Clowney. i know it's a huge bummer for them because that was obviously he was just such a big part of that defense right yeah i know right by you putting yawn in the uh <laughs> notes it just just lets me know what you're thinking <laughs> yeah um, some other notable ones you have malcolm butler uh daquan jones Corey davis dennis kelly and isaiah wilson uh both right tackles for them um and then kind of a surprising one in Adore Jackson. Nobody really saw that coming. Um, but on the flip side, they obviously, like we just said, they added Julio Jones. Huge move. Um, should do a lot for them. They signed Bud Dupree to help out that defense. They mm-hmm. signed Janoris Jenkins as well. Um, and then Josh Reynolds, um, lesser known wide receiver, but he had some flashes with the Rams should be their third receiver on the depth chart this season. Um, and then they had a couple of solid draft picks with Caleb Farley in the first round. And then Dylan Redunes, Redunes I should have looked up how to say that because I mentioned it last episode too. Uh, you'd think I would have learned my lesson, but I didn't. Um, so I think the biggest takeaway from this is, yeah, they lost a few guys, but I think they did a really good job countering every loss with at worst a lateral move if not an upgrade um like Corey davis to julio jones Clowney to dupree um malcolm butler to Janoris jenkins farley to jackson or the other way around sorry and then um kelly and wilson didn't pan out for the rookie out of north dakota state um so, yeah, altogether, I think, I don't know, there was a lot of talk um, 
in the community this off season about how the Titans are going to fall off. I think there's no reason to think that at least not anymore. Um, what do you, what do you think about the Titans right now? Oh, well, after the Julio trade, I think that they could, that Tennessee could very well have the best offense in the NFL. Oh, you've Derek Henry coming rush for it. You know, a, a, a me 2000 yards, <laughs> They have a good offensive line. Two, I would argue, top seven receivers, top eight receivers. Depending on how you view view Julio after the injury, and obviously he's starting to age, or he's up there in age, I should say. And A.J. Brown, who I I thought was going to break out this year and and very well still, still probably will. And then you have Factor Hill who's considered like a borderline top 10 QB, who's been super efficient in that offense, you know, just, just through that, you know, effect. And that, and that was with AJ Brown. Davis. Now it's AJ Brown and Julio Jones. So they probably foresee a big year from Ryan Tannehill. Uh, speaking of Brown and his production, you know, I, I, already think that he's one of the best yards after catch receivers in the league. Uh, judging by uh, this offseason, he seems like a solid recruiter as well. That could be a nice yeah. post-career. Uh, I could see him kind of as like the, if this makes sense, like the Juju to Julio's Antonio Brown for the 2018 Steelers. The Godwin to Mike Evans on the 2019 Buccaneers, and the Justin Jefferson to the Adam Thielen on the 2020, 2020 to 2021 Vikings. You know, this sort of, uh, like sort of number two receiver playing with a more distinguished number one. And since the more distinguished number one is facing off against the best corners, best corner on the other team, and uh, the number two that younger number two receiver has a big season in terms of yard. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I've definitely thought a lot about that kind of relationship um, Mm -hmm. in the past, obviously. Yeah. Stemming from maybe and Juju. um, And yeah, exactly. Like you said, going into Evans and Godwin. um, Yeah. Like Brown had Brown put up a thousand yards in 14 games last year, playing that number one role. Um, and I think, yeah, with Julio on the other side and Henry in the backfield, it's pretty much pick your poison for defense coordinators at that point. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's really easy to look at this offense and just be like, oh, yeah, Derrick Henry's good, Ryan Tannehill, whatever. They were literally fourth in scoring last year, second in total yards. And obviously second in rushing, but they also had the second fewest turnovers. They statistically, like if you look at just pure efficiency stats, Ryan Tannehill's been playing at a top five level since taking over as the starter for this team. Um, So don't sleep on that. And yeah, like we said, Julio is a tremendous upgrade over Corey Davis. Um, a little part of me is a little skeptical that he won't like, I'm a little tiny bit worried 
about the injury, but at the same time, I'm also pretty sure he's not actually human. Um, just yeah, looking there's at that the, <laughs> just looking at the athletic things he's been able to do in the past, I he's just on another level. So I really do think he'll come back and be fine, um, especially in a situation like this where there's just so much help on that, that offense where not mm-hmm. like, not like Atlanta didn't have other good offensive players, but no running back demands more attention in the box than Derrick Henry. And mm-hmm. we already know that Brown can hold his own as a wide receiver one. So yeah, I think it's a great situation for him. And fun fact, um, good for the Titans is that, Julio's contract ended up being cheaper than Corey Davis's fifth-year option would have been. Um, hmm. So that's kind of a win-win there. Um, so yeah, like I said, they they let a lot of people go, but I think they definitely addressed it well. Um, as a Steelers guy, I wanted to know what you thought about them bringing in Bud Dupree, uh, especially kind of as a direct replacement for uh, Clowney. Yeah, and obviously as a Steelers fan, I, I really like Bud Dupree. Uh, he was awesome for them, and he seems like a good guy. However, I do think that Tennessee – that Dupree is awesome as a secondary pass rusher, uh, especially with Steelers front seven with Watt and Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tewitt. You know, there's a lot of guys to game plan for thinking like, pass protectors on that off you know, for offensive lines. And I just feel like when you look at a lot of Bud Dupree's like sacks, you know, a lot of them could come unblocked when a team's trying to double team TJ Watt. And I just kind of question how effective Bud Dupree can be as a number one pass rusher, which is what want him to do. Like you said, filling that Jadavion Clowney role. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually looking at there at his contract right now um because i wasn't i didn't remember the numbers uh so technically it's a five-year 82.5 million dollar deal which looks insane but he only has 1750 million i said that wrong 1 million seven hundred fifty thousand uh dollars base salary this season and then 16 million next season and then there's a potential out going into the 2023 offseason um, which they would eat some dead cap, but I think that's definitely something to pay attention to is they're not as screwed as they may look on the surface. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. It was definitely an interesting move because we don't really know what to expect from Dupree as that number one guy. Um, mm-hmm. but pretty much anything would be an upgrade over what they had rushing the passer last year. So hopefully, you know, he can make a splash. Maybe it opens the door for a guy like Harold Landry to finally break out. Um, Mm -hmm. So altogether, if they manage it well, I think think it'll go down as a pretty good move. Um, Yeah, we'll have to see how it pans out. But I think it should be okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying he's a player or anything. I just just don't know how he's going to be as a number one since he's going to have a lot on his plate. But, you know, I'm, I'm certainly rooting for him. And uh, he's not even a question mark 
defense. I question their secondary a bit too. Going into yeah, the they definitely have a lot of young pieces right now. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, they brought in Janoris Jenkins. I think I would say at this point he's slightly better than Malcolm Butler. I've always been a part of the Malcolm Butler's overrated fan club literally since like the day after his Super Bowl interception. So <laughs> um, I think that was a good move. Like I said, I was shocked they let Adora Jackson go, but landing Caleb Farley in the first round, if he is healthy, which I don't really think that should be an issue, uh, at least not right away. Um, that'll be a great move. Uh, a lot of people had him as the number one corner in the draft injuries aside. Um, so great value there. And didn't they draft uh, Christian Fulton from LSU last year? I believe so. I, I'd have to look. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they have a lot of potential there. Obviously they're very young. Um, another thing that I just remembered that I didn't, include is that they had uh, Desmond King in for a little bit last year. Hmm. Kind of surprised they let him walk. Um, he signed with the Titans for, or sorry, with the Texans this offseason for less money than I thought he would get. Um, so just something to note there. But yeah, they're very young. I think they do have a lot of potential though. Um, and hopefully, yeah, bringing in Jenkins will pay off uh for a nice veteran presence for those young guys yeah and um moving on a bit from the defense if that's cool um yeah i'm just gonna say that i uh like at least looking at it from right now and of course this right now this season preseason hasn't even started yet six sixth off uh, second in their division um which would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does, does that make sense? Putting them around sixth? Yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely have one of the most... Uh, there's just so many good teams in the AFC right now. Um, yeah. I swear, like, every other year, it just flips back and forth. Uh, between the AFC and NFC, which team has better better teams at the moment? Um, Ironically, once Brady goes to the NFC, the AFC's getting yeah a little more competitive. Um, competitive. It's, like, it's East. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, round six off the top of my head. Um. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Look, uh, spoilers for my record prediction. I had them as the fifth seed in the AFC um, hmm. top wildcard spot. So, yeah, around that range. Um, but, yeah, uh, kind of off of that, are you ready to get into record predictions? Sure, yeah. Sounds good. Um so like I said, if you didn't sorry, if you didn't catch last episode, uh, basically how we're doing this is we'll give you three records. Um, one 
we call an optimistic record where basically it's their ceiling, what they should be able to achieve at their best. Um, and then on the opposite side, we'll do a pessimistic one where basically if everything falls apart, that's their floor. Uh, and then realistic, what I personally did is I went through and kind of picked the whole season, how I expect it to play out. Um, so yeah, with that, um, for the Titans this season, my optimistic prediction was a 14 and three. My pessimistic was seven and 10, uh, just cause they have a, they have a lot of competitive teams in there. Um, and then realistic is pretty generous. Gave them a 12 and five, which once again, spoilers was second in the division. So yeah, I think. Like we said, they're just a really good team. I think that offense is going to compete with the best of them. Um, and if the defense can get some pressure and hang on, I think they'll be in great shape. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say. What are your predictions for them this year? Yeah, yeah. My um, Kind of like last time, my record predictions are, are kind of similar. For optimistic, I just give them like, Literally one less win at thirteen and four. My realistic is the exact same at twelve and five. Prior to the Julio move, it would not have been twelve and five, but just looking yeah. at you know the kind of upside he brings to that offense, I just feel like they'll be a well-oiled machine at least on that side of the ball. Which with their defense or any quarrels that I have with their defense, and my pessimistic is a little. Kind of like last time, a little bit less pessimistic. I have them going nine and eight. Yeah. Yeah. You seem to be a little nicer with those than I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, I, I understand that pessimistic is like worst case scenario, but um, I kind of just do this assuming, like, just looking at the team in general, not assuming, like, and, and, yeah. A highly competitive, high level game it is so, so like i kind of just look at pessimistic like what if the team the team doesn't click and what can that lead to you know what, let's say like this important player just got injured for the whole season and how that would impact so that's that's kind of how i look at pessimistic yeah that's fair um do you have any more comments on the titans not really. I mean, I think they're going to be a, a fun team to watch. There's so much insane talent on that offense. Uh, if their defense can put it together, and knowing Vrabel, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Uh, they could be a legit contender again after, like what you said, people being people were down on them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, honestly, I can see them, especially with that offense, going toe-to-toe with any of the top teams in the AFC. So they yeah, should be great. They should be a lot of fun to watch this season. Um, moving on, we'll go to the Colts, another playoff team from the from the division. Sorry, last season. Uh, looking at their losses, they lost start twenty twenty starting quarterback Philip Rivers. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of teary eyes in India over that one. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was harsh. I. <laughs> He's got nine kids. Rivers he, he had a good to... season. Rivers had a good <laughs> season, but we'll get into a little more on why maybe they shouldn't miss him too much. Um, mm-hmm. 
they lost Anthony Costanzo, longtime left tackle, also due retirement. Mm-hmm. And then they let Justin Houston, who was pretty much their premier pass rusher um, past couple of years, they let him walk in free agency and he's still sitting out there. So, uh, but yeah, much like the Titans, they did a really good job of addressing needs right away. Um, obviously, Rivers retired. They made the trade for Carson Wentz. They brought in Eric Fisher. Hopefully, he'll be uh, injury-free for the season. And then mm-hmm. um, they drafted Quiddy Pay in the first round out of Michigan. Should fill that defensive end spot super nicely. Um so yeah, like I said, pretty good, like one for one off season, addressed all their losses really well. Um, so yeah, on that, what do you think about Carson Wentz in Indianapolis? Oh well, you said I think he's going to definitely be an upgrade over Philip Rivers, at least from like a physical talent standpoint. You know, when you look at arm talent and arm strength. And even mobility and things we've seen in the past from him, like escapability, he just provides a lot more youth position. And um, I know a lot of people, he just people would look at you know how bad he was last year. However, I feel like in the situation that he has in Bliss right now, I think that he's going to be better because he has to do less. If that makes sense, like their offensive yeah. line, one of the best. So, aka, they have one of the best running games in football. When a running, a good running game, a good efficient running game is one of the best things you could give a quarterback because it takes so much pressure off of them, and it allows the defense to focus on something else with your quarterback throwing the ball. So, I feel like that, alongside Reich, who he obviously has a good relationship with from the past and had his his MVP season with because if he didn't get hurt he would have been the MVP of the 2017 season so uh, yeah especially since Brady won it so we can (laughs) Wentz had like comparable numbers to Brady that season in less games so at least (laughs) touchdown wise I believe Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that says a lot yeah and just thinking about it, you know, he. I have to admit that I, I am really high on the Colts. If you look at my page and you look at prior podcasts, but I do, I, I can easily admit that Wentz is a giant wild card for this team, and their season basically hinges on him in terms of how far they go. Because, you know, I, I think that they're the most balanced team team in the league. Last season, they had a top ten offense, defense, and special team in the league to do that. However, no matter how good that is, the way the NFL passing volume, it's a quarterback's league. And if Wentz isn't able to make the plays and to be efficient and to not turn the ball over and to not make some of the bonehead decisions he made back in Philly, you know, they'll be able to, to go really far. You know, If he's not doing that, they'll be able to go really far knowing his talent level and what we've seen from him in the past. But if he's doing that and he and he's not consistent, and the Colts are going to be in a lot of trouble, and in I, I really love their roster, I, I I can admit that, and and that's why I guess you can consider the team as a whole wild card. But 
I have faith that Wentz will will clean up a lot of his errors errors and, and be able to lead the Colts far. And I think to the point of being the second best team in the AFC to the Chiefs. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, Wentz is just a big upgrade over Rivers, um, at least potentially. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they give you a pretty similar floor. Um, one thing I really noticed is with the with Rivers' transition to the Colts, um, he went from 20 interceptions in 2019 to just 11 last year, uh, throwing an interception on 2% of his passes, tied for the third lowest of his career. Um, so, yeah, I think if Rivers can cut down his turnover issues in Indianapolis, I don't see why Wentz can't, especially with that prior relationship uh, with Reich. Obviously, like you said, uh, last time they were together, he was a very strong MVP candidate. So, yeah, um, I think – I really think he's going to do good there. Um, he might prove me wrong, and that would be sad. But I think – I think he's going to pull through. Um, I think so, too. That, that's why I'm, I'm putting a lot of faith into them as a team that I think can go really far. I, I, I think that Wentz is going to have a, a really good year, which I know is hard to predict after last season, but I just have a good feeling about the Colts. Yeah, and oddly enough, I pretty much every offseason, I talk myself out of liking the Colts. <laughs> uh, I just, I just kind of convinced myself that they're not that great. Um but yeah, pretty much every year of the Reich era, they've just completely, um, yeah. Just been, uh, especially even after Andrew Luck's, like, surprising retirement, they've still been a competitive team every year. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just have so many, like, very under-the-radar um, studs on defense. Mm-hmm. Where aside from like DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard, they don't have a lot of huge name guys. Um, but like you said, they were top ten unit in um, both scoring and total yards. And then on the flip side, their offense was top ten in scoring and total yards. So I think yeah, they should. They got a really nice young running back stable. Um, hopefully, giving Jonathan Taylor a strong lead this year. Um, mm-hmm. as he finished the season so well last year. Um, obviously, they got Marlon Mack back. He was their leading rusher for a few seasons. I mean, I'm not looking at the numbers, but um, so that's val- valuable. And then you got Naheem Hines as their third down guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably one of the best running back units in the league, not just looking at uh, duos. Mm-hmm. Um Behind so, one yeah. of the best offensive lines, arguably the exactly. best line. So they definitely up there. So if their passing attack is legit with Wentz, and, he's, and if he's able to to push the ball downfield and to keep defenses on their toes, the run game can be even better. When you think about that logically, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it definitely works both ways there. Um, yeah. <laughs> But, 
Yeah, there's the very balanced team. I'd look for Michael Pittman Jr., rookie wide receiver mm-hmm. last year, going into his second year. Uh, look for him to have a nice role this year. He was definitely a nice playmaker for them down the stretch and in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see what he can do, especially with a quarterback that can throw the ball more than 30 yards. <laughs> yeah, Michael Thomas knows a thing or two about that. <laughs> like, so speaking of that, like, like with the slant boy memes, like I, I don't, uh, Michael Thomas can be kind of a jerk, but if I'm going to play like devil's advocate and, you know, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, defend him. Yeah. Like, Drew Brees is kind of the slant boy. Cause Drew Brees, like you said, was 30 yards downfield. So that's why Michael Thomas had to run those routes. And like Pittman had to run those routes. However, with, like, Pittman, he's one of the best yards after catch receivers in the NFL, in my opinion, at least from what I saw last year. And uh, a lot yeah, of that's – very underrated. Yeah, and a lot of that has to come because he has to catch the ball and run because he's he's not going to be running deep. But now with, with Wentz and knowing that he could, you know, make throws down the field, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a deep threat he can be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that wraps up everything I wanted to talk about before the record predictions, if that's okay. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah I'm all good. Awesome. All right. So, yeah, for them, I very similarly to the Titans, I got a 14-3 and ceiling. Um, I was pretty harsh with their floor and said 5-12 and for that. Um, but that's a lot of... Basically, if Wentz doesn't pan out, um, and they have a pretty tough schedule this year, um, but then realistically, I think twelve and five, same record as the Titans, but five and one in the division, um, just because their defense is that a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they're a bit of a safer bet to come out on top. Um, yeah, like I said, low floor just in case Wentz isn't the guy. But I think they should be very solid. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's very similar from an optimistic and realistic standpoint. Uh, I have the same optimistic as you at 14 and 3. And my realistic, which <laughs> literally 13 and 4, but obviously I'm, I'm big on the Colts this season. And I think that they're going to be able to put a good year. Uh, again, my uh, pessimistic is almost too kind at nine and eight, which is like my uh, my base for pessimistic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and like it's kind of you know it, it has issues with turnovers and kind of things like all last year. I still think that their run game is good enough. I still think that enough, and then obviously their special teams ranking in the top ten last. I think that they're still good enough to have a winning record, even if Wentz has is making some of the errors that he made. I think that they can like be around nine and eight, and like my optimistic at fourteen and three is if Wentz has another big year under Frank Reich, and just what I foresee happening. Yeah, that's fair. I just think like looking at their schedule, so they open the season with. The- with the Seahawks, Rams, mm-hmm. Titans, Dolphins, 
Ravens. So it's Yikes. five playoff caliber teams in a row. Then you get the Texans, which we'll talk about later, but spoiler alert, they're not going to be amazing. Oh. Um, then you go hey. <laughs> on the road and play the 49ers coming off a bye, which 49ers should be good again this year. Um, and you host the Titans again. Then you get the Jets and the Jags, which, you know, not much to expect there. But then after that, <laughs> you're on the road in Buffalo, and then you host the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's not an easy stretch of games by any means, and that's the first 12 weeks of their schedule. Bear. You know, maybe maybe that that pessimistic, but I still think that you know there'll be a team that's think that in the AFC. Yeah, I think they can be good. I just think you know how competitive the NFL is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tough to come out on top in the majority of those games, but. Mm-hmm off of that they are built really well with the strong offensive line strong run game strong defense um and like i said i have a lot of faith and a lot of respect for frank reich as a head coach um so i think yeah like their baseline will be better than the five and twelve i said for my floor but mm-hmm. it's just something to think about um yeah a lot of yeah, a lot of competitive games in there. So we'll have to see. But I think, yeah, they should be good this year. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on the Colts before we move on to the Jaguars? Not really. I would say is I think that they're, just to kind of reiterate, I think that they're going to be really good and a legit contender. And I, I mean, some people are overrating them, but I feel like, they're getting a bit underlooked when talking about the best teams this year. I would say it's just like maybe be on the lookout for them. Action is totally wrong. Sorry. Like, <laughs> I, just, I just think they're going to be. That's all I really have to say. Yeah. Like I said, I, I am done underestimating the Colts. Um, but kind of a smooth transition to the Jaguars. Do you remember week one when the Jags went in and beat the Colts 27 to 20 and everyone thought, holy crap, maybe the Jaguars don't suck. Maybe the Colts aren't that great. And then the Jags went on to lose every other game. (laughs) And then tweet they tweeted after their first game, not done yet, or something like that. Yeah, maybe that wasn't a great idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, so a lot to unpack there. Um, first things first, a uh, few notable offseason losses. Um, they let Tyler Eifert walk in free agency. Keelan Cole is gone. Um, Mike Glennon started a couple of games for them. He's in New York now. And then D.D. Westbrook. So that's a few offensive weapons uh, sliding up mm-hmm. the door. Um, 
But on the other end, I kind of like what they did um, in the draft and free agency this year. They didn't go after a ton of huge guys, even though I believe they had the most cap space in the league going into the offseason. I'm, I'm pretty sure they still do, um, which says a lot about their philosophy as an organization in the rebuilding <laughs> process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, they signed Marvin Jones, wide receiver from the Lions. They brought Carlos Hyde back. Um, obviously, uh, maybe not obviously, because this was pretty pretty quiet, but he was a thousand yard rusher just two years ago. Um, hmm. And then they also signed uh, Shaquille Griffin, quarterback from the Seahawks. So a couple solid free agency moves. Um, and then they drafted, obviously, Trevor Lawrence first overall. Um, we'll have to see if he can be much of a difference maker. But um, doubling down in the first round, they grabbed Travis, Travis Etienne. Um, you'd think as a Canadian, I'd be better pronouncing French last names, but you'd be wrong. And then... Yeah, also two more second-round picks in Tyson Campbell from Georgia and Walker Little from Stanford. Um, so, like I said, a bunch of solid off-season moves. Um, lots of depth, some upside. And that's not even mentioning um, the chosen one, Tim Tebow, coming out of retirement to play tight end. So glad we finally get to talk about that. Um, I'll let you go first. What do you think about Tim Tebow in Jacksonville? I a pretty cool story with his uh, with Urban Meyer back at Florida, and kind of like what you said in the notes. Um, it is kind of fun on the team and back and again knowing the icon he was. Back, uh, back in the day, I think he tends to when you look at his build and and knowing his ass, you know, maybe he could actually compete. I noted that maybe he could be like a gadget player. Like I made a post a little while back where I said that, you know, T-Book sort of versatile Swiss Army knife gadget player to give to be like a spark plug for an offense. You know, I feel like he was a bit ahead of his time because, you know, with his arm strength and, and other things, he was never really meant to be a starting NFL back. But um he very easily could have been really effective gadget player like Taysom Hill can be at times. Um so but you know maybe they could know get Tebow up to speed and maybe try to use him in some taste some hillish ways or even just let him be like a special teams player and a glorified motivational speaker I I guess we'll see yeah for sure um obviously I love the idea of this move I'm skeptical that he even makes the roster but Mm -hmm. you know fingers crossed um we don't know what's going on in there so Worst case scenario, um, you can't ask for much of a better locker room guy uh, at this yeah. point in their rebuilding process. 
Uh, so even if he's just here as a handsome face in training camp, um, he's going to do that better than pretty much anyone else. And personally, so there is a lot of controversy, I guess, around this move um, because he, quote, is taking a job away from someone who's like worked their whole life to play that position um, or whatever. Um, I personally don't mind because I don't know. Um, <laughs> they obviously, he, he already has that pre-existing relationship with Irvin Meyer. Um, he's, I don't know. He's just such an icon at this point. How can you be upset that he's getting an opportunity here? Um, plus there's 31 other NFL teams. I'm sure nobody's, I don't know. I just feel like that whole thing was overblown. Um, I don't know. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? I feel like, yeah, yeah. but I, I get what you're saying. And, um, yeah, even despite that, like, like you said, there's other teams and there's opportunities if, you know, guys are keep willing to, to grind and work and stay positive and try to find. I'm sure there's other opportunities out there with teams. And, um, yeah, kind of like what we're talking about with Tebow is that he kind of has that notoriety and locker room upside and you know, kind of gadget player or player or something like that. So, like, it, knowing Tebow's work ethic, he, he's willing to make himself the best version, the best tight end Tebow mania that he can formulate. So, just to any of those aspiring NFL tight ends to just keep working and try to find, you know, try to find your way. If that makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to be motivational, like, like <laughs> Tebow mania. Yeah. Um, plus, is there much of a limit on uh, training camp? Like how many players you can have in? Because I'm sure... I'm sure having Tim Tebow in isn't like scaring the Jaguars off from checking out other tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's a bit overblown. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really all I have to say is that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like at, at absolute worst, he's going to be an elite locker room presence for a couple of weeks. And at best, He's going to still be that, but also <laughs> um, maybe he can make some plays for you on offense. So, yeah, I just think people need to stop being upset because Tim Tebow's fun. Um, yeah, imagine aside from Tebow. <laughs> I would say, imagine if he ever catches a touchdown that does the Tebow, the little, yeah. his, his fist on his head, that would just be. <laughs> It's, it would just be like a throwback. It would be like it's 2011 again. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good times. No more left um, game passes. Just, just, just pure tight end 
yeah. tight end touchdowns. Yeah, you know what? Left-handed quarterback. Like I, I'm left-handed. I played. I am too. Left-handed quarterbacks look so goofy. It's just so weird to me, and it feels wrong because, like I said, I was a left-handed quarterback, but it, I just, it looks so wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a left-handed center, but I guess, I guess that's a bit different. But uh, yeah, kind of. It is kind of interesting. Yeah, this is a side note. I just think it looks weird, but I guess it's just, you know, when like 98% of the people you see throw a football do it right-handed, yeah. it catches your eye. <laughs> yeah, they have they have right-hand privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so moving on from Tebow, finally. Um, <laughs> I I really like the rest of the weapons this team has. Um, I used to say you got DJ Shark. He was a couple, he was the thousand yard receiver a couple of years ago. Uh, LaVisca mm-hmm. Chenault, early round pick last year. Like I said, they brought in Marvin Jones should be a really nice role player on that offense. Um, good veteran presence. And then, so they had James Robinson undrafted running back came out of nowhere, shocked the world last year. Uh, he <laughs> finished with a thousand yards, right? Yeah, yeah, he he was pretty. He was insane. He was the engine of that offense for. Yeah, for sure. Especially with all the different quarterbacks coming through. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, so off of that, a lot of people were mad that they drafted Travis Etienne. But I personally don't really mind. Um, I used to the compare. Well, sorry, I was confused at first. But the comparison to um, the Mark Ingram, Elm Kamara dynamic, I really, I like the idea of that. Um, Hmm. And I think they could, it really opens the door for them to be able to do a lot of things on offense. Um, Especially both those guys are so young and from a business standpoint, they're so cheap for the next four years. Um, that you could ultimately have a high-end running back duo, and I don't think many teams would turn that down. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, and um, I don't think drafting Etienne is a bad pick because of basically what you just said. But I would um, I would just disagree taking one in the first round, and then I saw like with their practices, they were having them practice like wide receiver. Then I think, why wouldn't you just draft a wide receiver? But uh, like you know, trading back into the first round, like I I'd be super cool, and or them drafting any other running back, if they drafted him in like the second, not trading back into the first to take a running back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was the first round pick that they had from the Rams, uh, for Jalen Ramsey. So they didn't trade back in there. Oh, going. oh, my, my bad, my bad. But then yeah. It still stands with take other first round pick to draft back. Yeah, and yeah, they had other needs, but I don't know. I like, I like what they can do here, um, mm-hmm. and we'll have to see how it plays out. But do you have any more thoughts on what to expect from the ja- or basically, yeah, what the Jaguars did this off season before getting into um, the record predictions? Uh, only thing I really I would say. I think they'll kind of resemble what kind of like the Bengals last year, where you know adding Trevor Lawrence 
they'll be kind of a quote bad team. I always put quote unquote because no NFL team is truly ever bad. But um, I just think that Trevor Lawrence will make this team, you know, much more competitive than really they have any business to be, especially when you look at their offensive weaponry. Have a lot to work with on it. On he's gonna have a lot more to work with than first round, first overall pick quarterback usually get. So I think that their offense will be good. I think that they'll be super competitive and kind of like what could shock some people and have a, a pretty good season or season than what people expect. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, I like the weapons. I think, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has more to work with than most rookie first round picks do um but yeah with that i'll i'll go into my predictions i think at their best they can probably they could come out with eight wins uh so i have eight nine for their ceiling um they're for the pessimistic prediction uh i said two and 15 um which might be a little rough but they, yeah, the whole AFC South has a pretty tough go this year. Um, taking on the NFC West, which might be the best uh, division in football. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of tough games. Um, and yeah, realistically, I think four and 13, give or take. Um, we'll have to see, but yeah, like I said, they could. If things go their way, they could shock a lot of people this year. Um, and worst case scenario, they're very committed to rebuilding. So should just be a good learning experience, especially for Lawrence moving forward and the rest of the young guys on that team. Yeah, I totally agree. To get into my predictions. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to pull a uh, Skip Bayless and just disagree with you for the sake of disagreeing. <laughs> my predictions are remarkably similar because I just agree and I kind of think the same. So for optimistic, it's literally one less win, seven and ten. My realistic is one more win. <laughs> five and twelve. I, I, I promise. I've I just... <laughs> This is just what I think. And then pessimistic. I'm just going to uh, now my pessimistic is not nine and eight. <laughs> it's, 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 I agree with you in 15, like two, you know, pessimistic person. It's if, you know, first overall pick rookie quarterback, even if it's Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> the NFL, you know, obviously a highly competitive, like you said before, uh, defense you know is the defense of a team that won one game last season so yeah I feel like pessimistic and like you said with their tough schedule 2 and 15 is is very likely but I think realistic around 5 and 12 I could see maybe 6 wins I, I think that their offense will be very potent and um, which will make them competitive so I think around the 4 to 6 wins range is kind of what I foresee yeah, absolutely. And at least, like you said, they're, that offense is going to keep them in games, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you compared it to uh, Burrow with the Bengals last year. 
they were in, I mean, we talked about this last episode. Um, they yeah. were in a lot of games with him, even if they didn't come out on top, they were at least close. Um, so yeah, I think Lawrence will bring that same, um, that same kind of effect to the Jaguars. Um, but yeah, I think they're in pretty good shape moving forward. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see how Urban Meyer plays out as an NFL head coach. Um, mm. But as of right now, it seems like things are going well for them. So, yeah, yeah, they look like, yeah, for sure. Uh, any last thoughts on the Jaguars before we move on to the Texans? Well, not really. Kind of just it would just be re- reiterating what I just said. I think their offense will be good to see Urban Meyer as a head coach and uh, and just see how they continue. Sweet. Yeah, so moving on uh, to the Houston Texans. A lot of drama going on there. Um, But I think on a positive note, they had – I think they had a quietly pretty good free agency. But I'll start off with their losses. Um, So they got Will Filler walking free agency. I'm starting to stumble over my words. Forgive me. Um, Gary and Conley – He's out. They let J.J. Watt walk. Uh, we'll comment more on that in a second. Uh, Darren Fells, tight end, he's gone. And then they traded linebacker Bernardrick McKinney. So a few losses, but on the flip side, um, like I said, they traded McKinney to the Dolphins for Shaq Lawson. Pretty young pass rusher with some upside still. Uh, they signed Marcus Cannon from the Patriots, uh, linebacker Christian Kirksey, defensive lineman Malik Collins. They brought in Tyrod Taylor, a uh, lot of running backs, and Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and Rex Burkhead. Um, they signed Pro Bowl kick returner Andre Roberts. And then they had an interesting draft uh, where they drafted quarterback Davis Mills with their first pick. Um, but then had a pretty solid pick later with uh, tight end Brevin Jordan. So a lot of roster turnover. Like I said, I think some of their free agency additions um, could go down as some solid moves, but we'll have to see. Um, first things first, I want to hear what you think about JJ Watt finally leaving the Texans. I, I just feel like at this stage in their organization, especially with what's going on with Deshaun Watson right now, like it's uh it's kind of for, it's for the best. You know, he goes to a place that he obviously wanted to be in Arizona, that has a pretty good team right now, and just try to win games and compete. And no matter how about you know that the competitive NFC West, any it's better than the Texans right now. Then again, really anywhere is better than the Texans right now. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I just feel like, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like an old friend that you kind of just, you move on, but it doesn't mean that there's any animosity. I think that, yeah, you know, sure. maybe that's a bit too uh, elaborate of it. <laughs> like, like, like Colin Coward with his, uh, Jeez, but uh, yeah, I just think I think for Watt going forward, although he could have signed with more high end like 
contender teams. Uh, I never read it before, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's it's kind of natural for them to move on. Yeah, for sure. And especially just looking at yeah where they are as an organization where they weren't competitive last year and they didn't have draft picks or money to become competitive this year. Um, so, yeah, I just think it was time for both sides. Um, I think we mentioned this when Watt did sign with Arizona, but good for – that says a lot about where they are as mm. a team. Um, so, yeah, I just think, you know, let him play for a contender, open up that cap space, and just, yeah, cut your losses, get moving in the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. So that cleared itself out well. What's not uh, clearing up anytime soon is everything with Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously, we decided still not really time to comment on that just in case. Um, don't want to go on about how he's innocent just in case he isn't <laughs> wouldn't look good in the long run uh so we're not going to touch that too much but i will say uh it sounds like he doesn't want to play for them no matter what um <laughs> so it looks like they were preparing for this drafting davis mills with their first pick um if not that makes absolutely no sense because he would literally just be their third string quarterback um but it's okay because now he's their backup so (laughs) um but yeah i think the biggest thing there is if watson plays they'll probably be competitive with some teams but if not i have very low expectations for the tyrod taylor led houston texans hmm Yeah, do you have any more comments on that before we get into the predictions? Granted, looking at the history of uh, backup rookie quarterbacks behind Tyrod Taylor, maybe Davis Mills is in in business. Yeah, I mean, what's it at, right? So we got Josh Allen, um, Herbert, right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. uh, Obviously not. Rooting for Tyra Taylor to get hurt at all. I was <laughs> making an observation of, of how, like, it's weird that, like, rookie quarterbacks, like, once Tyra Taylor gets hurt, rookie quarterbacks go and then become yeah. at least starters, really good starters. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, did you want to say anything else about their quarterback situation? Oh, uh, just, just to say about, like, the Sean Watson off the field situation. We're just, we're not talking about it like out of respect for everyone involved, just to make that very, very clear. Yeah. You know? And like you said about them drafting Davis Mills, uh, I also noted that they missed out on Kellen Mond. The Vikings took him right in front of Houston. And I, I think probably kind of took them by surprise. I, I think that Houston was probably planning on getting Mond where they were. So I like to just keep that in mind. Um, I really liked Mond in the draft, pra- draft process. 
and I know that I can have some wild opinions sometimes, but I can consider him a better prospect than Mac Jones, just looking at perspective and not just playing no numerous amounts of NFL talent and a loaded SEC team town uh yeah perspective. So um yeah, I would just like to note that and I think that was um I would just question, like, really, how good do you think Davis Mills is? And assuming Deshaun Watson gets traded, and assuming that there's not a quarterback being sent there in that trade, do you think Mills could be a decent starter for Houston, or potentially even a legitimate starting quarterback? I'm not sure. Um, I did watch a little bit of tape on him. Uh, just in preparation, familiarizing myself a little bit uh, coming up to the draft. But nothing really stood out. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what really confused me is, like, I don't think he's going to be a long-term starter for you, especially hmm. if the rest of your team still kind of sucks. You're going to be in a really good position to replace him really soon. So, yes. yeah, kind of an interesting pick. Um We'll have to see what kind of opportunities he gets and what's he's able to make of them. But so I'm not going to rule him out yet. I just didn't see anything to get excited about. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I either. Um, I mean, he's in. An, you know, when you look at rookie court, he's in, in an interesting situation because he's a later round QB, but he's most lo- high possibility that he's going to get a chance to play. So I, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. At least something to monitor. Um, yeah, like you said, if Watson is gone and then whatever happens with uh, Taylor. Hmm. Yeah, so I think that kind of wraps up those kind of thoughts. Um, if we can get into the record predictions now, I think maybe next time we should not end with the worst team. Um that's on me for the organization, but <laughs> it's just it's just a bit of a bummer, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, so... Grant, you go from best to worst, so it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel. Like... And you know what? They can hear us talk about the Titans and the Colts, and then they could just say, "Who cares about the rest?" So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so getting into the record predictions um basically how i did this was for my optimistic one i assumed watson was playing it for my pessimistic one i assumed he wasn't um so with that i think their optimistic record is five and twelve um which is one more win than they had last year in one more game so um but on the flip side, pessimistic, I think 0-17 is possible. They're, yeah, they're a pretty obvious, um, they're pretty obviously not in a good place right now as an organization. Uh, so if they don't have their best player in Deshaun Watson, I, he won four games with them last year. And I don't know if many other quarterbacks in the league, but like you look at Mm. what he was able to do um, with even like the personnel that they had, 
their leading receiver. Um, sorry, stats are loading. Um, <laughs> so they let Will Fuller walk. And aside from that, Brandon Cooks was a leading receiver. Um, nobody else had over 400 yards for them. So they didn't have a lot going on weapons-wise. Their offensive line still isn't in great shape. Um, but that being said, like Watson threw, like he completed 70% of his passes, 4,823 yards, 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Like, you look at those numbers alone, those are pretty remarkable. And they only won four games with him doing that. Um which I think says more than I could on my own. (laughs) So yeah, um, realistically, because I'm a little nice, I gave him two at 15. But I think if Watson plays, like I said, they'll be able to hang in there with some teams. But if he doesn't, it's going to be an ugly year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And is it cool if I get into questions? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I um, I kind of went in with the same thought process as you, doing the uh, Bayless again. Uh, for Optimistic, I kind of just gave him the same amount of wins as last year. And I liked how you touched upon how amazing Deshaun Watson was, despite the fact how much they were losing. And it's so rare to see, like, in my opinion, one of the top three four quarterbacks in the in the game losing so many games but it's obviously not Sean Watson's fault so um I, I just still have I still I have them winning as many games I don't really see any reason to not think that maybe he's good enough to get them five or six but I think that's that caps out uh my realistic is one less win than what you have at one in 16. And this is assuming Deshaun Watson does not play, which is what seems likely right now. And without yeah. him, I think they win one game in full honesty. And uh, my pessimistic, you know, and guess what? It's, it's not nine and eight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, a tad nicer than what you had at one in 16. And, um, I can never in my right mind pick a team to go 0-17 knowing you know, how really everyone in that room, maybe outside of the general managers, wants to win every week. And you know they're professional athletes and they have pride and they want to keep working and, and playing in the league. They want to win like, you know, you know, the sort of any given Sunday mentality. Any team can win any game. So I'll never say a team that a team is going to lose every single game unless the team literally loses a game. So for my pessimistic, I'm just throwing one in 16, assuming they can upset somebody somewhere in this season without Deshaun Watson. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I just think like looking through the other bad teams that they play, um, I think the Jaguars still outmatch them. Mm-hmm. I think the Jets could get the better of them. Um, yeah, so there isn't there isn't a single game on their schedule that I can look at and be like, no, they're going to win that no matter what. 
Um, so yeah, I don't expect them to go winless, but I don't expect much better. Yeah, literally, I do not expect that much better because I have them at one sixteen. <laughs> yeah, um, so kind of sad scene for them, but good news—you get a first-round pick again next year. Um, Probably, and then yeah, <laughs> and then maybe a good haul for Deshaun Watson, or maybe yeah. you can convince him to stay. But either way. Um, brighter days are coming. So that's our little encouraging note. Um, we're motivational. We're, we're like the episode. It's what goat. Mania. We're motivational. <laughs> we're, it's a uh, it's goat mania. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what we're all about here. Um, so yeah, that being said, I think I think there's a lot to look forward to in this division. Obviously, like we said, Titans and Colts are great. Jaguars could be interesting. Um. Texans keep praying Deshaun Watson changes his mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, pretty much just talked ourselves to death on that. So <laughs> um so yeah, I think unless you have any last notes, I think that's a great place to end today. Yeah, I'm I'm all good. I, this is this should be at the top end of this of this division should be really interesting and I'm curious to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Should be a lot of fun. Um so wrapping things up today. Uh we'll be back hopefully next week going into the AFC East next. Lots of fun stuff to talk about there. Uh so look forward to that. Uh once again, I'd like to thank Ryan for joining me today. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed and take care. Hope to see you back next time. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs>